0: Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and
1: welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined, as always, by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker, G.K. Wiley's not feeling too well, so hopefully she joins us uh, tomorrow. But how are we doing, folks?
2: Great weekend. It was sunny almost the entire weekend. And then at the end of the weekend, Giannis, apparently, is going to come to the Chicago Bulls, so... That's, I mean, you can't get a better weekend than that. I don't think it's actually going to happen for the record, but I don't know why he would say that um, publicly. It was kind of a weird thing to kind of say when you're, seem like you're content in your situation, but we'll see what happens in the future, I guess.
3: Yeah, that was kind of interesting. It's like if LeBron were to say, you know, I, 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 like when he was in Cleveland for the All-Star game, oh, I'm going to come back to oh, Cleveland yeah. at some point. It's like, what? But Ooh. you just signed long-term in Milwaukee. <laughs> like that's your place. That made no sense to me, but hey, I still had a good weekend. Saw saw the Niners play really well. I know it's preseason, but they played really well. Was excited for, you know, Lance. And even the backup quarterbacks looked really good. Then again, the Packers didn't have their, you know, starters on defense, of course. So remains to be seen, but a lot of good things, uh, great, some great football games coming up.
4: Yeah, good weekend. Was blown away by the Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh man. yeah, suspended <laughs> um, eighty games for taking a PED that he said was used to treat ringworm. Yeah, of course. Was, you know, I, as as soon as I heard, it, I said he's going to say that he was taking something that he didn't know about. That's um, what they all say. Yeah, they have to. I mean, that was wild um And then you know, just yeah, preseason football. Which I mean, it's preseason football, but I liked watching. I had some good time watching football, and yeah, just excited to be
1: back. Yeah, um thrilled to be back. I was in Las Vegas for, for the weekend. Uh, like I said, uh, did Friday show from Circa. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet. That what view, happened? At, oh, no, the the view. Bet, yeah, so like I, you know, like I that place looks spectacular. Like I opened up by the, by the curtains, way. and it's like this yeah. big screen TV, and uh, it was just a blast. And like. Like I posted a clip similar to that before, but that video went viral. It's got like 150,000 views right now. That was oh, awesome. Yeah? yeah. What
2: happened at the airport? That was so confusing. Okay, so yeah,
1: I, I, again, generally it's a it's a very quick flight. It's a it's first thing in the morning on Sunday. It's not a thing. We walked in and it was packed. It was mass commotion. No one. Knew. So apparently there was a report of a gunshot. It, that was not the case, but because of that, and obviously where we are in the world, I mean, they kind of shut down the security, lines weren't moving, they were totally out the door, and thankfully we got, um, we made the flight, but I mean, I'd never seen security lines like that, it was
2: nuts. So since there was no security, did people go in and then have to go back out and back so in? So there was or? clips
1: of that, so I didn't see that, but apparently someone, uh, you know, took a clip of that, or or that, that went viral on Twitter, where people were just passing yeah. the security line, which I can't have that, that happen, yeah. so... No, it it was nuts. I mean, we were trying to figure out, like, do we stay the night? But thankfully, by the time we got there, there was a slight delay, but we made our flight and it was okay. But again, had a great time in Las Vegas, had a great time at Circa. Um, All right, with that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Buckets. (laughs)
2: the Dodgers lost to Brady Singer and the Kansas City Royals 4 to nothing as the Dodgers' 12-game winning streak came to an end on Sunday. Still, the Dodgers owned the best record in baseball by four and a half games over the Mets and shown no signs of slowing down. Max Muncy, Joey Gallo, <laughs> and Cody Bellinger continue to be factors. What are your thoughts on this team right now?
1: The best team in baseball. I mean, I had a good time watching them against Kansas City on Saturday when that was a blowout. That was was it 13-3 or something along those lines? That game was over quickly. Yeah. So I uh, love the way that this team is playing. I, I really think we have a collision course in the championship series where we'll have the Dodgers and the Mets, I think, and the and Yankees in and Houston. No matter what, it's going to be fantastic. Again, I'm still hoping and praying for a Dodgers-Yankees World Series come on after all these years we should have had it in 2017 hey, Houston cheated us out of that we should that have had true. it well, they yeah. cheated everybody they out cheated of that. everybody
3: Just cheaters yeah. um,
1: I, <laughs> but just going into that I actually don't
3: think the Yankees are going to make it to the World Series at this point they look so bad the Yankees in the last look horrendous. three years. they look horrendous
1: the curse they, of Joey Gallo by the way did you see that yeah, since they've won the Joey <laughs> they've won like
3: two games since Joey Gallo got traded they're like two and ten I mean the Yankees are just playing terrible baseball they all of a sudden can't hit they were the best line up in, in baseball now DJ LeMay Hughes hurt he's their leadoff hitter right so that, that's a problem Aaron Judge is really your only guy you can count on in that lineup right now maybe Ben Attendee to get some hits everyone else Stanton's still hurt right he's not back and the pitching staff they've looked okay but the, dude, the red Sox just drilled them yesterday just michael waka hadn't pitched in like three months and dominated them so i don't think the yankees get their dodgers yeah it's going to be dodgers mets right i think that, i think we're getting toward that there's a lot of strong teams in the national league so maybe there's an upset but i high i the two best teams by far in baseball right now are the new york mets and the los angeles dodgers so i'm really hoping that that's an lcs matchup alcs i mean the blue jays could get there don't sleep on the Mariners they could get there with their pitching staff now and Julio Rodriguez back I don't know there's 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 now what used to be like Yankees are gonna steamroll the AL is now it's kind of wide open Houston's really good
4: yeah Houston yeah, yeah. is really really yeah. good Neil I think they're the top there with I mean the Dodgers and Mets and the NL I cannot express how big of an addition Dustin May is going to be. Yeah. Dustin May made his final rehab start yesterday, uh, went five innings, struck out 10, uh, fastballs t- topping out at 99, sinkers topping out at 97. I mean, his swing and miss stuff is through the roof, especially with Kershaw going down and you desperately need another starter. And they've worked him up to the point where he's going to be a starter in the regular season. I think he should probably be starting games in the playoffs if, if everyone, you know, Walker Buehler's injury, Kershaw's injury. But the Dodgers are at the top, I mean, 12 in a row. They just lost. I mean, the best teams in baseball. If you win 100 games, you're elite. You're going to lose over a third of your games. They're going to win like
3: 110, maybe.
4: They're going to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're on pace for right now. I think last time I looked on fan graphs, it was like 108, um, which is absurd. But, you know, we're going to see things with the Dodgers, especially, I think, with their rotation in the next coming weeks where guys aren't throwing as much, kind of keeping guys. You know, they have the excess where they can bring up guys like ryan pepio and even bobby miller if they wanted to and give some of their guys who are going to be throwing meaningful october innings uh time off because they've been throwing all year at a very high level
2: where do we stand with max muncie right now because obviously he was struggling a lot earlier in the season the month of august he's hitting 400 so he is picking it up in this month it's, it's kind of a small sample size but what do you guys think about max muncie?
3: I mean, he's He's picking it up. uh, Yeah, he's back. I mean, uh, look, he was the worst hitter in the major leagues for most of the season. And he's what, Jake, like hitting 320 over his pa- the past three weeks. His last 14 crazy? games, he's hitting 347 yeah, with yeah, an that's OPS
4: close to 1,200.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's balling out. If you can get this five line, home
4: runs, 13 RBIs.
3: and um, Bellinger's been balling out too, and Joey Gallo, when he's given the opportunity. If that continues to happen in the rest of the lineup, like Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Gavin Lux, all the Will Smith, all these guys, I mean, this is going to be a very hard team to beat. This might be the best Dodgers team in yeah. years. Especially if the pitching starts to get going with May and Bueller coming back. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I can't wait to see the postseason. Speaking of um, the postseason, we have a couple rematches coming up on NBA Christmas Day. The schedule was released and the matchups include a rematch of the Bucks and the Celtics. The Lakers are going to meet the Mavericks. The Sixers are going to face the Knicks. Grizz, uh, Grizzlies and Warriors and i mean i thought personally you know we'll get into it but any issues with the christmas day matchups
1: not really i mean i'm surprised that we don't have a game here uh i'm trying to think of the last time we didn't have a game here in los angeles the league generally likes to have a game in los angeles because it's beautiful weather it's the lakers it's the clippers um so surprised that the lakers have to go to texas We'll touch on this. It's very interesting that the Clippers do not have a game. Um, again, they're, that they're one of the top favorites in the league. That would have been that Crypto.com game. Again, Los Angeles always hosts a Christmas Day game. So, yes, while the Lakers will be playing on Christmas Day, they got to go to Texas. But... Um, no problem with the games. But again, that was the biggest thing for me. And I call my Clippers fan. I'm like, listen, at least you get Christmas off. But shocking that Kawhi, yeah. Paul Doerr, yeah. George, John Walt, no Christmas Day Arguably game. Arguably
3: the best roster uh, in the NBA, 100%. right? So, I mean, that was a little weird to me. Also, why are the Knicks, again, hosting at MSG? It's at that the...
1: they're the Cowboys in Detroit of Thanksgiving. I know, but then the
3: Lakers are, should be hosting a uh, Christmas Yeah, but if you game, go
1: right? back, and I agree with you, but if you go back to how this game began, it is yeah. over. been there so that's exactly
3: yeah they'll get drilled by 50 (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna suck
1: everyone's like it's
3: it's like the cowboys on national media they talk about them every single day when we all know dang well that the cowboys are not going to make the super bowl and the knicks are barely if if that going to make the playoffs right so i had a lot of problems with these christmas day games uh especially the you know this is a hot one a hot take but phoenix denver why isn't it dallas going to phoenix for a rematch of that game seven right where the sons could then get uh you know re- re- a revenge game really yeah. right also i like boston versus milwaukee but i would have preferred boston to travel to golden state for christmas that would have been a good a good one i know the grizzlies warriors thing that's a, now a rivalry but then you do like Grizzlies Lakers in that sense. Like I feel like yeah. that would have been a good game. I did have a couple problems, especially like the Clippers not playing. Like, are you kidding me? You know, worst like worst. What, what are you what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? I think I think Adam Silver, the last. I mean, this is a hot take. If I ever want to work for the NBA, but the last two years, Adam Silver is kind of turning the league into Disney with the. You know, it's like it's it's like a Mickey Mouse league, and this is why it's like playing like in season tournament terrible idea let's do it why not christmas day games botching like these games when there could have been better matchups in my opinion and then like all this stuff with the western conference mvp and the eastern conference mvp it's like adam silver what are you doing he was the best commissioner by far of all sports just three years ago in the last two years he's been really disappointed in my opinion with these decisions
2: the nba to me Christmas should be like their opening night. They should treat it as, yes, us diehards, we're gonna be watching from the actual opening night, but a casual fan, this is the opportunity for them to experience a new team. So, for me, if I was making a schedule, yes, the Clippers should have been on there because Kawhi's back, John Wall, but what about a team like the Timberwolves? All the offseason hype about yep. Rudy Gobert, you got Anthony Edwards, you have the star power. Again, you guys just mentioned it. The Knicks, I get the tradition part of it, but why does anybody want to see the New York Knicks? I guess, actually, I'm contradicting myself because they do have kind of a new-look team with Jalen Brunson, but still, it's it's the knicks and to i mean the clipper thing really it's it's upsetting because that team should have been we're gonna get into it in a second but they should have been on opening night in my opinion and then not only that they get snubbed on that but they get snubbed on christmas as well
4: yeah i really thought the two kind of surefire games we were gonna get here were lakers clippers and Sixers heat I'm very surprised we didn't see Miami on this schedule I don't know if there's anything if this this has anything to do with anything but the one thing that stuck out to me when I first saw this was there's no teams playing any teams in other conferences it's three western conference games and three eastern conference games or two eastern conference games I don't know if that was done by design or just the way they did it but I would have loved to see you know the Warriors and the Celtics as Brandon mentioned um or something like that but I mean I don't I don't have a ton of an issue with it. I get why the Lakers are there. I get why the Knicks are there for marketing purposes. It's Christmas. There's tradition. Whatever, but they're not being a game in LA, and the Clippers not having a game is really weird to me.
2: What do you guys think of the Grizzlies Warriors like quote unquote rivalry?
1: That's a fun one because for whatever reason, I, and I don't know why, if you are Clay, you you care, but like he goes to like what was it like a tweet that one of the players had like a, oh did, yeah I yeah. mean. So it's not like a hardcore rivalry, but they played in the postseason. They have like this little thing going back and forth. I love it. The yeah. kids
2: on Twitter, anytime <laughs> John Morant posts something, yeah. they they comment. If it's about the Warriors, they write cringe, 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 because they haven't beaten them. So yeah. it, it makes
3: sense yeah. why it's not really a rivalry. I know, Arman, when I posted yeah. that TikTok about the the Christmas Day game, everyone was in the comments, you know, like, oh, <laughs> just to lose to the Warriors yeah. in four games and blah, blah, blah. And him. It's like... uh like everyone's like, oh, the West is gonna get better, and it is. But what yeah. the Grizzlies, with one more year of experience, aren't gonna get better. Like I think the Grizzlies have a shot to finish first in the Western Conference in the regular um, season. I mean, I get it if the
4: NBA is trying to market, if they think that Jaw's is the next big point guard in the league, and this whole Steph Jaw thing, which would is cool, would make sense, kind of them having that relationship and them going at it um, at the not the end of Steph's career, but not not you know you know what I mean. He's well, like you, can't make, you can't make you can't make Miles Bridges
3: here. the face of the NBA, so you might as well make. <laughs> Jaws (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that correlates at all. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny.
2: (laughs) To me, it feels a lot like the Indiana-Miami rivalry in the 2010s where it's like, yes it's it's cool to see bad blood but also is this team ever going to actually beat the other team when it matters yes okay yes (laughs) i mean
3: there's a reason why draymond green and steph curry said the grizzlies are like the next version of this young warriors team they're the best one of the best coaches coach teams in the league one of the youngest you don't know the leap that Zaire williams is even going to take and that's a guy that's like ninth off the bench right john moran if he stays healthy i mean desmond bain desmond bain was the most improved player last year like who who knows if he shoots 50 percent from three this year we just don't know like everyone's talking about like the grizzlies are going to take a step back that was like a a, a a fluke year but it's like they have one more year of experience they only lost anthony melton and kyle anderson and they added a bunch of young players and young talent you know so i mean i don't i, don't, I think it will be a great it was a great matchup this year it was they
2: could have lost the warriors it was a great matchup Speaking of great matchups, we'll see if this one will be a great matchup. Opening night, the Lakers will yet again be featured on opening night on October 18th, almost two months away, as they'll visit the defending champion Golden State Warriors when the Warriors will be receiving their championship rings and unveiling the championship banner. Some people were mad at this being the opening game since the Lakers were so disappointing last season. Do you guys agree with this decision? It's
1: not about the Lakers, it's about the Warriors, and when you're talking about that it's about LeBron James So anytime the NBA can get LeBron James in a significant game Christmas Day uh, first game of the season those significant moments the league by the way wants the Lakers and LeBron James to make the postseason I mean the postseason is so much more fun when LeBron James is there so Again, this isn't like, oh, it should have been the Clippers or it should have been Memphis. By the way, if it was Memphis, that would have been hilarious. That would have been awesome. I don't think Memphis would have come out. They Generally speaking, the opposing team doesn't come out until the game starts. So they're not going to be there when they get the rings. But again, this isn't about the Lakers and how bad they were last year. This is about getting LeBron James in a primetime slot. Yeah, I, I just
2: I hear you, Arash. The thing is, if the schedule comes out and the Lakers have like 40 national TV games. They probably will. Sure. They will. They, for Why sure. Why though? It's LeBron
1: James. Yes, but this is what It's we... the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron okay, James. Armand, I
3: don't think... Okay, there's a lot. Yes, the tumultuous season last year, very disappointing. But you got to remember, they still have two of the top 10 players in the NBA, right? And, they, and like, you don't know. Like, the NBA could think maybe they get Kyrie Irving too. And even if they don't, people want to see the Lakers. They are like... Like Arash said, the Cowboys of the NBA. And, and pretty the much, big difference
1: know? here is, so the Cowboys haven't won a thing since the you Lakers guys just won a championship. So the Lakers just won, and they also have LeBron James. I mean, I cannot stress that enough. Le- when you can say coming up tonight, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers versus whoever it's going to draw the
2: thing yep. that i have an issue with is
1: it seems like the nba
2: is not completely in touch with their consumer base because again when you go and you read the comments on social media the first thing that i read on twitter is why are
1: the lakers getting so many i so promise much- you though don't you think that a, a a game with lebron james and the lakers will rate higher than let's just say Grizzly sons I, I promise you Lakers, Yeah because LeBron It's LeBron, LeBron. For and, the, and the night, Laker
2: brand It's it's yeah. global For opening night I, I, I get it Yeah But if we get the season schedule And they don't have Kyrie Irving And they're starting Thomas
1: Bryan at center And they have 40 <laughs> national TV games They for sure will have that many national TV games But here's what will happen And here's what happened last season if they're as bad as that, and again, hopefully they aren't, but if they are you can flex them out. And they yeah. did that. I mean, I had never seen so many big Lakers games flexed out because, again, they were terrible. And and what, what happened at the end of the last season is LeBron didn't play or got hurt. And even if you were a Lakers fan, it was such a bad product that you didn't want to watch. But to begin the season, they will get a ton of big-time, primetime games for sure.
4: I just want to circle something Brandon said really quickly. Is Anthony Davis still a top 10 player in the league? If he's healthy? Yes. yes. Is he? Yeah. The, I mean, I think he's got to be like 9, think, 10. Yeah.
3: He's either 9, 10 or 11, right? Because I, I I hate people that put Booker in the top 10. There's, he's nowhere close, in my opinion, maybe top 15. Damian Lillard hasn't been healthy, so he's not top 15. If you're looking at the list, it's LeBron, Durant, you know, like Jokic, Luka, Jokic, L- Shambiid, L- um, Steph Curry. Jaw, jaw, uh, yes, jaw, jaw would be the one. Jaw, you know, when he's healthy, Tatum. Yeah, it's a lot of guys. That's eight. I think it's eight Right on the Kawhi, Kawhi. Tim Davis, or Kawhi, or Jaw is like any of those 9 10 11 so i mean but look Armon, you're acting like the lakers are going to be a, a crap shoot again they're going to be good they're going to be better. Wait, hold on though the <laughs> roster
2: right now they are a crap shoot this is no. this is a, this oh, is a I completely terrible disagree. terrible roster i completely
3: disagree they were 21st in defensive rating last year and they're going to be way better they they had limited resources yes they shot themselves in the foot getting westbrook but they had an a plus offseason in my opinion with their limited resources getting lonnie walker getting thomas bryant for the minimum damian jones they just need to put Cole Swider on the team and get another shooter and they'll be fine. Everybody that you just mentioned, I hear what you're saying. They, it didn't move the needle at all for me.
2: It didn't even but get me the, a little okay, bit excited about They to watch lost Laker like basketball.
3: 30 games last season because of the fourth quarter. Yes. They're not going to be gassed anymore. They're younger. Oh, well. But I don't think they're as talented. They're so bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean listen, there's a lot to get into And we will, we'll have to uh, talk about it some more When we come back On oh, the Mightier 1090 in Southern California The Fan in Las Vegas And the Hawaii Sports
0: Radio Network We'll be right back With the Arash Markazi Show On the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5, the Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. By the way, this week... Two years of the mightier 1090, so it was two years ago we got on the air, so excited about that. All right, let's go out to the Circa Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details, and here he is, our good friend Grant Mona. Grant, how are you?
5: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's another hot Monday. It's going to be hot the rest of the week, and uh, it looks like nothing's showing up, and Actually, speaking of hot, how about the Dodgers' oh, streak amazing. finally coming to an end? Not Wait, hot anymore, I guess. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> they I played mean, the
1: Royals. What an amazing yeah, but, uh, run that they've had. Grant, yeah, I mean, was, what 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 have you thought? Again, this is historic. What they've done, uh, you know, a lot of people are comparing it to 2017. And listen, I, I don't have a problem with that comparison because if Houston wasn't cheating, the Dodgers would have won a World Series that year. But your thoughts on like, the way that they are playing right now?
5: Yeah, it, it's probably the best I've seen since 2017. I've, I've mentioned this to a few people. It's probably the most dominant stretch run that we've seen from from the Dodgers and since then. And you know, back then it was it was kind of that feeling that they, they were going to get to the World Series. You know, back in 2017, it was kind of just like that inevitability of yeah, it just seems like this is the year that they do it. And I have that same feeling this year. It, it, and, you know, last year it was kind of like ah, they're coming off a World Series. Um, it doesn't it didn't feel like they had that spark this year it feels like they have everything coming together and i say everything coming together when a lot of their players are still hurt and you know that's the thing too with this team is that they're playing so well right now but they're still going to get people back like Dustin May's coming back very soon uh blake trinan's coming back pretty soon um kershaw is probably going to be out for for a little while but it it doesn't seem like it matters to them because uh they're going on all cylinders right now and it, it just goes to show like what, what this team can do when it's firing all cylinders. I mean, yes, they're beating up on, on some pretty you know bad teams, but I, I do have a lot of confidence that they'll go out and beat some of these, these top two teams. I mean, they've, they've proved it when they've gotten played some of the top teams um, you know, either at Dodger Stadium or away from, from home. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the most dominant stretches I've seen from this, this core Dodgers team in a long time.
4: Grant, are you as scared of the New York Mets in a seven-game series as I am? Because if this, the Dodgers could add Mike Trout, Shohei Ohtani, Juan Soto, and every hitter in the league, and if you had to face Scherzer and Degrom four out of seven games, I'm really, I'm back. That, that concerns me.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. That, that's probably the team that I'm, I'm most concerned with as a Dodger fan, just because I mean, if you look at that top of the rotation, Scherzer, Degrom. I mean, you could even switch them: Degrom, Scherzer, Scherzer, Degrom. It doesn't matter. But then after that, you get Chris Bassett, who's been absolutely good for them. I mean, he's been pretty good for them as a three. Um, And, you know, that bullpen's pretty good with Edwin Diaz at the back end. I mean, everyone loves the Edwin Diaz now. He kind of had a huge turnaround from last year. Um, So you have that, which the Dodgers, I think, don't have. They don't have that back end guy that the Mets do, which may hurt them in the long run, in my opinion, because you need that guy at the back end where it's locked down. You need a guy like Edwin Diaz that'll throw 102 by you. So, not just that, but the the offense for the Mets is coming around as well. Francisco Lindor hitting over four hundred in his last twenty games, um, and everyone thought that he was written off. Uh, Pete Alonso is always good. You know they have a great offense too. People are underestimating the Mets' offense. So, in my opinion, it's the Mets or the Dodgers as the two best teams in the league. The Yankees have kind of taken a step back. Um, they're playing pretty bad since they traded Joey Gallo. So I think that's their <laughs> their issue. Uh, they they got rid of Joey Gallo, and now the Dodgers are doing well, and the the Yankees aren't. So. I guess Joey Gallo just needed his beard to grow back to get his powers back. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's the Mets and the Dodgers for me in the NL this, this year. All right, Grant, I wanted to
3: ask you transition to football here. I know we just did a fantasy files pod and a BSD pod, and you mentioned that the Rams are going to regress and they will not win the division this year. I seem to disagree with you. Even as a Niners fan, I still think the Rams will win the division with 12 wins. I think the Niners get 11. So, I mean, what are your thoughts there? I know they got a tough schedule, but you really think the Niners are going to win the division over the Rams, and why?
5: Well, here's the thing with that. It, it's just it's the schedule. I mean, the Niners have, it's not, I'm not going to say much easier, but they do have an easier schedule than the Rams. And the Rams, look, Matthew Stafford's already injured. I mean, he's not injured fully, but he's had that same issue that, that's causing him pain last year, and it's still lingering into this year. Um, you know, you, you have two wide receivers, but after that, the depth chart's kind of thin. Um, that, that's the thing with this Rams team. It's, it's very top-heavy. So you don't have that, that depth that some of these other teams have where a guy goes out. And, you know, you have a guy that just fills right in. You know, with the Rams, it's kind of like a guy goes out and you kind of got to put somebody that's not proven, not very talented right behind them. So, um, you know, that that's the thing that, that scares me the most. And that's why I say, you know, the Niners will probably win the division because the Rams are coming off a Super Bowl. And, and, and I was telling Brandon this on the pod is that it just seems like the Rams' attitude this year is not really like as determined as it was. And I'm not saying that they're, they're not going to be focused and not work hard or anything. I'm just saying that, around training camp it seems like everyone's happy go lucky everyone's just you know happy to have a ring you know happy to be there happy to have their contracts whereas last year you know the vibe around training camp was like this is the year we got to do it like we got to go out and get it this year we got our quarterback we have the talent we have the coach we got to go out and get it no matter what and this year it seems like hey you know we're good you know we, we got alan robinson we got bobby wagner i think we're talented enough but like like i said that that um that depth chart's thin if if you get anybody injured. And, you know, it's been proven that teams coming off the Super Bowl regress the year after, except for, you know, the Patriots back when they had the Dynasties. Um, But, you know, the Buccaneers didn't seem as crisp uh, last year coming off their title. So I think that's the main reason for me taking the Niners over the Rams. And that's not to say the Rams won't make the playoffs. I think they'll be a a pretty high-seeded wild card. But, um, yeah, I I don't see them having as great of a year as they did last year.
2: Grant, for for the listeners that are unaware, you are a fan of the Los Angeles Clippers and the Clippers Mm -hmm. got snubbed twice on the NBA schedule release. They did not get the opening night game against the Warriors, which would have been Kawhi Leonard's first game back from injury. And then also Christmas Day, they don't get a game. I want to hear your perspective as a fan of the team. Was it upsetting to you to see the Clippers not get that
5: national television love? Now, it, it, it's kind of a two-sided thing for me because as much as I'd love to see the Clippers play these national primetime games, especially on opening night, you know, you get to see the Warriors get their rings, kind of extra motivation. Um, and then Christmas Day, everyone's watching. You know, you have football too, but, but basketball is usually the, the main point on Christmas Day. So it's kind of unfortunate to not see them there, but I also see it this way. is like, hey, we're getting an ex- extra rest day on Christmas. Like, let these guys be with their families. Let them rest up on Christmas day and enjoy Christmas day, because as you guys all know, and everyone there knows this, and I've said this many times is that the Clippers need as much rest and as much health as possible. So them playing on Christmas, isn't really that big of a deal to me. I mean, I I think it just hurts the the brand and the value, but it it doesn't really hurt the team. I think the team's completely fine with it. Um, And for them, I think they'd rather be playing in June than on Christmas. So I, I think that's the biggest thing here is getting that rest. Getting that health on Christmas and then getting after it after that. So for me, it's not that big of a deal because we need as much health and as as much rest as possible. So,
4: uh, Grant on fr- late Friday afternoon, Jeff Passman reported that Fernando Tatis Jr. will be suspended 80 games for violating uh, Major League Baseball's performance-enhancing drug policy. Um, then we heard some pretty eye-opening uh, quotes from some members of the Padres, specifically Mike Clevenger um, and Manny Machado, who who expressed their you know their uh, mm. Wow, what's the word I'm looking for here? Their uh, dismay, concerned. Their yeah, concern They're concerned with They're concerned. And, yeah. yeah, disappointment. Just thoughts on that entire situation.
5: Um, yeah, it, it just seems like Tatis after he got that contract, he's been kind of a loose cannon. I mean he's he's gone out and gotten into a motorcycle accident, which has you know let them out up until this point. And then you know he's been on his rehab assignment. As he <laughs> starts to get back, he has this positive test of of, of a steroid. So you know, if I was a teammate, of course I'd be upset because, you know, the GM and, and the front office trusted him with all that money, and, you know, he was tagged as the next, you know, face of the MLB by some, the next superstar, and when he's on the field, you can see it, you know, he's, he's one of the best players in the league, but off the field, those are big concerns. I mean, you, you've seen that his, his maturity, you know, that, that's something that, that Mike Clevenger and Manny Machado both brought up, is that his maturity, like, and also the, the GM, AJ Preller, said that as well, is like, we need to find out like what's going on with his head because his maturity level is not where we thought it would be. And you know, he is young. Like, look, he's still a kid. Yeah. I understand that he's still a kid, but there's plenty of kids in sports right now that are way more level headed than him. And I think he's got to understand that. Look, it's not just about him. And this is what Manny Machado said. It's not just about him. It's about the bigger picture of the team. We're trying to win a title here in San Diego. And that's what they're bringing all these guys in to do. And that's what they signed him to do. So, it's such a huge disappointment for baseball itself because I was a big fan of Fernando Tatis and how he played and his game when he was coming up and his first couple of years in the league. I loved his, his star power and his, the enthusiasm he brought to the game. But you know, after seeing all these things, it kind of diminishes what his talent is on the field, and that, that's that's going to hurt the game of baseball because he was in promos, he was on the cover of MLB The Show, and now you know you have this guy that they may put that against him in the Hall of Fame case if, if he gets to that point later in his career, which. Also hurts as well, so it's such a shame to see him go down this road. But you know, look, there's so many years left on his contract. He's so young that he could still, you know, become level-headed, get his stuff together, and still be that. Not, I wouldn't say the face of MLB, but that that star that that we thought he could be.
3: Hey, Grant, I want to transition back to football here. I know you think that the Vikings will win the AFC North over the Green Bay Packers or the NFC North, rather. My bad. My apologies. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your thoughts
5: there? Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, with Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams, um, he's going to put a more offensive-centric offense, uh, you know, offensive team. I think that he's just going to bring a lot more dynamic to that offense where Kirk Cousins can thrive, um, you know, Justin Jefferson can thrive, Phelan can thrive. Um, Dal- the, like, I'm mentioning all these great players that they have on the offensive end. They have Dalvin Cook, too. You know, and Madison, you know, I know, Brandon, I know you're high on, on Madison, too. Um, but that offense now—you have an offensive coach. You know, Mike Zimmer. I don't think was as offense-centric as, as they needed, as they wanted. So I think the Vikings needed that guy to come over, and especially from the Rams. I mean, Kevin O'Connell was great. He was basically the main play caller with Sean McVay um, for that Rams offense, and he was pretty dynamic in that aspect. So bringing that over to the Vikings and you putting that around, which is already a pretty good pretty good defense, uh, with talent on the offensive end I think that's much better than the talent that the Packers have I know that the Packers do have the two-time reigning MVP I understand that but they lost Devontae Adams and we knew that Rodgers would find Devontae Adams on every single play that you would drop back and pass for so I think that's a huge loss for them um, and they also lost to Darius Smith um, to the Vikings I believe I think the, the Vikings picked him up so um, you add that in the defensive end you add the, the offensive minded coach you have the talent on the offensive end too so I think all those take them to that title.
3: Yeah. Grant, I wanted to also ask you about the Lions. You think that you're betting on the over 6.5 wins. You think they're
5: a playoff team this year. Explain that. I am. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that, you know, combined with, with what they have, uh, you know, the, the coaching staff, I'm really in on the coaching staff. You know, Dan, Dan Campbell seems like such a great players coach. Um, their coaching staff, Deuce Staley, the running back coach. Uh, Antoine randall is the wide receivers coach. Um, you know, have a great defensive coach in Glenn. And, um, you know, I just think that with, with their talent that they have, you know, that stretch that they had last year at the end of the year where they were going up with team. And, and here's the other thing. They lost a lot of close games last year. I remember Justin Tucker hit a 65-yard field goal to, to win the game against them. And it's like, okay, of course it happens to the Lions. Um, but I just think that Detroit's talent, both on the offensive end, they have Amon Ross St. Brown. They have Jared Goff. Um, you know, they have DeAndre Swift, so those that three alone is pretty good, um, and then you add in some guys on the defensive end, you know, they lost the guy last year, they lost the rookie that they took in the first round last year to an Achilles injury, he'll be back. Um, I just think that the young talent that they have and the grit that they have, I think they're a really gritty team, that's what they've said, you know, on Hard Knocks uh, in the first couple of seasons, I highly recommend you guys check that out, but I really love their coaching staff, I love the direction they're going in, and I think that some of those close games that they did lose last year, that they'll probably win this year. I'm not going to say all of them, and they're not going to be 11-16, and, and 16, you know what I'm saying? But they're going to be vastly improved from last year. I think that they'll be like one of those fringe playoff teams, honestly.
1: Uh, Grant, this question is for you, plus the group. The, the Associated Press Top 25 is officially out. I'll go over the uh, top 15 real quick. The Alabama Crimson Tide, no shock. Number one, Ohio State, two, Georgia, three, Clemson, four, Notre Dame. All their games, by the way, will be on the mightier 1090 this season. Number six, Texas A&M, seven, Utah, pretty high for Utah, eight, Michigan, nine, Oklahoma, 10, Baylor, 11, the Oregon Ducks, 12, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, 13, North Carolina State, and coming in at... Fourteen, my USC Trojans and yours as well,
5: Brandon. Thoughts? Number eighteen in Wisconsin. Um, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, it, it's so tough to say things this early, but you know, one of the the main surprise that you mentioned was Utah that high. Like yeah. Utah in the top ten. And I understand they, they made a bowl game last year. It was a pretty pretty nice bowl game, but. To have them in the top ten, it kind of surprised me. You know, I, I think it's great to see Notre Dame at five 2 I mean, every time Notre Dame and USC are very competitive, it's great for college football. And uh, you know, USC's you know fifteenth. I think they'll get into the top ten as the season moves along. I'm really excited for their for their season. I'm really excited for Lincoln Riley's first full year. Uh, Caleb Williams as well. Um, I think those two are going to take that program to where they were. You know, back in 2004, 2005. And they had those, you know, Reggie Bush years, those Matt Barkley years, um, even the Mark Sanchez years. I think they'll take them back to that. So, you know, USC being at 15, I think is just like a placeholder. Cause it's kind of like a prove it, um, a prove it seed where they kind of got to move up and they got to see what's going on. But yeah, Utah Trevin is kind of a, a question mark. I, I don't know if they keep that seeding, um, you know, throughout the year, that top 10 moniker for the rest of the year. I think that, uh, they'll probably move somewhere in the 12 to 15 range, but, uh, Yeah, I think USC will move up into the top ten and get a pretty good bowl game.
3: Yeah, I I agree, Grant. And this is great for USC because now they play fifth Notre Dame, uh, seven Utah, Mm -hmm. right, possibly Oregon as well. So it's one of those things that, like, USC controls its own destiny. And I think, yeah, some people say they won, what, four games five games last year yes, he went four and eight last four and eight year. right four games so yep. people are going to be like oh why are they even in the top 25 but they have the best wide receiver in the nation arguably the best yep. quarterback in the nation with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, Stroud um so I mean look defense is going to be the problem for USC we all know that but they should be able to outscore their opponents and I agree with you Grant I think they win 10 games 10 and 2 or 10 oh. and 3 rather and they get to a really good bowl game whether that's the Rose Bowl or whatnot. I do think it's going to take one more year to get to that college football playoff, though. I do think they'll do it next year, not this year.
4: Yeah, uh, Bama and Ohio State are the two best teams in college football. It makes sense. They're at the top. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with Notre Dame in, in first year, first full year under Marcus Freeman, uh, what Oklahoma does in the post-Lincoln-Riley era. Um, but yeah, I think you know you got to get used to seeing Texas A&M back close to the top five again. Their recruiting classes in the next couple years are absolutely stacked. Uh, they're going to be up at the top five, top ten for sure for the next couple of years. And I think SC at 14 to start the year is a pretty fair, yeah. pretty pretty close to where they should be. They have a lot to prove. As we've said, they have all the potential in the world. It's just a matter of how those lines hold up, how they adjust to the Lincoln-Riley system in their first year. And they could very well be a top ten team three weeks in. And it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they were an unranked team three weeks in because they drop a game because they're, you know it's just a new system and it's young kids. Uh, but I think 14 is a perfect spot for them in the in preseason poll.
2: Arash, what is the best and worst-case scenario for USC football this season?
1: Well, listen, the best case is they go on some crazy run here. Again, the transfer portal did wonders for this team. This roster was not very good. And I'm not saying it's fantastic right now, but but but, but because of the transfer portal, because of the ability for them to get, get guys, they are now a championship contender. I don't think that they are. But again, according to Vegas, they're fifth. So, I mean, that it, that tells you where... They're at worst case is kind of like they they just continue where they left off with Clay Helton, which would be the worst case scenario where they just lose and under five hundred. They won't be, but I'm just saying like that's for sure worst case scenario. People have to remember they they they, they had a talented team with Clay Helton. They were just a very poorly coached yeah. team that won't happen now though. You
4: I mean USC's issue has never been recruiting. I mean even even under Clay Helton they had all the talent in the world. Um, but you want to think the transfer portal. You can thank NIL just as much. 100%. I think they go hand in hand. In hand. Um, but now, you know, you have Lincoln Riley and there was a proven guy. Clay Helton was there way too long. I don't think there's any scenario in which I is under 500. No. I think they're going to go somewhere between eight and four and 10 and two. Um, and, and, I don't think they're going to be in the college football playoff discussion, but given a given a year, two years, I think that's that's where they're headed.
1: And they won't be there, but like the best-case scenario, the college football national championship this year will be played at SoFi Stadium. So if they follow mm. the road of the Rams, right, and they, yes. they, they effectively play a home game. But it's just great, right? The, the fact that they are once again in the conversation, that's the big thing. It was so depressing last year being at USC where it was – beyond half empty i mean half empty would have been 50,000 it was less than that uh you know for them to kind of lose the way that they did that was the biggest issue that i had with clay helton you know and, and people kind of keep saying it He's a good man. And I said that that's fine. He could be a good man somewhere else. <laughs> USC, the USC I went to back in the day, they had Pete Carroll. They were always in contention. And it's a special place. You know, when you rank the top teams here, it's the Lakers, then it's the Dodgers. And then and beyond what's happening with the Rams and whatnot, I, I will contend when USC is in contention, they are third. And they were back in the day when they had Matt Liner and Bush and Pete Carroll. So that's the key there um in 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 my hope is that they do move up into that top 10. Like, I forget. I think they, they open the season against Rice, I believe, and then they have a couple of easy games. So my hope is that they they, they begin the season strong, creep into that top 10, and then they got a bunch of, you know, p- people at the Coliseum, and it's totally packed. So that's the hope there. Uh, Grant, you're the best. Uh, you know, we normally have you on Wednesdays. We might still call you on Wednesday, but thank you for All right. coming in. Well, last minute. We have- Appreciate that. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.